Martin. This is episode 86 of the Movie Maniacs podcast. I am your host, Noah, and today joining me is Sam, and we are reuniting to talk about the new 2022 The Batman, starring Robert Pattinson and directed by Matt Reeves. Sam, I'm super glad to be able to have you back onto the show and discuss this new film with you. Because uh, I'm excited to talk Batman with you, and this is a this is a big film. It's it's been doing really well. I'm excited to hear what your thoughts are on it. Yeah, oh, thanks for having me back. I'm really looking forward to it. I know we we discussed it when it was coming out. We were going to do this, so yeah. uh, it was uh, really glad to be here. Um, I'm I'm pumped about it too. Got my list. I got my list. I'm ready to go. Yeah. We'll be doing a little bit of a ranking at the end. And uh, Sam, just kind of go ahead and jumping into the movie. What were your expectations going in for the Batman? Because I remember when that first trailer came out, you and I both agreed that it looked pretty awesome. But when you were going into the theater to watch it, what were your feelings? Um, I was, I was cautiously optimistic. Uh, you know, I, I bet it's Batman's one of my favorites. I know we've established that. So it was, uh, I was optimistic about it, but then I was like, I just didn't want it to be like, you know, Batman Forever or Batman and Robin. Right. Um, and, you know, there's always, the, the, there's the hate that Robert Pattinson got, you know, from his Twilight days of being mm -hmm. Batman. But I, I was, uh, I was cautiously optimistic, hoping he was, it was going to be, it was going to be good. Yeah. I was trying to keep my expectations at a, at a reasonable level, but I was, I ended up getting a little bit too hyped. And as much as I tried to, to yeah. scale it all back in, I ended up going in with a, a lot of high expectations for this movie and just kind of getting into the uh, the initial details. We've got to talk about, of course, Robert Pattinson, who I knew was going to do a great job basing it off of, you know, I've seen a little bit of the first Twilight movie and it didn't grab me enough to feel like I needed to see it, the whole thing. So I had seen a couple yeah. of his other films. I had seen a good time by the Safdie brothers in the lighthouse. And he's really good in those. I was, I was confident he was going to do a good job. And uh, before we get into uh, how I feel on his performance, what did you think, Sam, as the Batman and as Bruce Wayne, uh, did he cut the cake for you? I thought he did a great job as Batman. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the whole directing of the Batman and uh, his take on it was really good. Um, yeah. Bruce Wayne was a little different for me, a mm -hmm. little, little less of a playboy than I'm used to, um, which is, you know, everybody has their own interpretations. I, I saw that, uh, you know, the director took a lot of uh, ideas from Kurt Cobain. Uh, it was a weird, weird comparison, uh, but I read mm -hmm. that and uh, I was like, I mean, I don't, I remember Kurt Cobain. I didn't pay that much attention to him, but uh, I guess I could see it. I, I thought it was, uh, it was an interesting take on Bruce Wayne, but I actually thought his take on Batman was really good. Yeah, I love I love this interpretation of the Batman. We'll get to how I feel he places on it, but man, just everything from the outfit to the action that this Batman gets. I mean, it's just great from top to bottom. And the Bruce Wayne is different. And honestly, I would make the case that Bruce Wayne never really shows up in this whole movie. It is just kind of him in that Batman persona. And this movie is really going with the idea that Batman is the the true identity and Bruce Wayne is the cover. And and this interpretation of the character hasn't found the, the character of the 
the playboy philanthropist. And I, it looks like as this potential series progresses, we can see him try and create that identity of his own because this is a very broken Batman. And I was really glad, I don't know about you, Sam, but I was really glad that we didn't get that scene of Thomas and Martha Wayne getting shot for like the sixth time on screen. <laughs> I was happy that yeah. we didn't get that. But the yeah. scars that that, that event had or felt in every, every detail of Pattinson's performance and the effect of that killing is very much present in Gotham City. And as we're going to find out, since this is a spoiler review, in the villain himself, the Riddler, uh, lots of scarring done by that. And man, this outfit as well is just awesome. And people aren't going to love the, the bulletproof suit, I feel. But I thought it, I, I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed it when Batman breaks into the club, beats everybody up. The, uh, we'll, we'll get to the Batmobile in a second, but I'll, that was pretty awesome as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, just the whole Batman action here is just a lot of fun as well, even though this is definitely a full-blown detective story. Right. I, I agree. And uh, I did mention to somebody else who watched the movie and asked me about it. I was like, man, it was 80% Batman, 20% Bruce Wayne. So yeah. I, was, I was fine with that. So, uh, um, yeah, I liked it. I liked the uh, the first fight scene he gets into when he's like, they can hear him walking up and he's like mm -hmm. steps out of the out of the shadows and stuff. That was a little, a little different. You know, Batman usually swoops in. So that was a little more on the uh, uh, horror type setup, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it, it was really cool. It was really cool. And yeah, the Batmobile is pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, when we get to that scene later on in the movie, I mean, the Batmobile, this to me, this is probably my favorite interpretation of the Batmobile, which is which is strong words because I love the Tumblr in the Nolan films. I love the uh, the weird 80s Tim Burton Batmobile. They all have their own place in the Batman lore. But something about th just this uh, this muscle car that Robert Pattinson is using here is just really awesome and the whole chase that we get with it the intensity it's not exactly like it's a fun like enjoyable bit it's intense and kind of scary I mean this Batman is scary at times and that whole scene to me I loved it I can't wait for it to like you know come out on YouTube or whatever because I'm gonna watch it over again over again yeah. it's one of my favorite scenes of the movie yeah definitely definitely and you know and um it not trying to jump ahead too much, but you know, chasing down the penguins always fun. When you yeah. think about it. And, uh, so yeah, I, I did like that that chase scene. I also kind of like how he is he's still coming in to his own as Batman. So mm -hmm. like his driving skills were good, but he wasn't like threading the needle or anything. He was right. he was still making mistakes while he he's still learning and stuff. So I mean it's only year two as Batman. So he's still got a lot to learn. Yeah, it was very messy. And this is a Batman that makes mistakes often. Sometimes the villains get the upper hand or he misreads a clue. You know, the whole Elrata, La Rada stuff. That's all just kind of yeah. like, certainly kind of confusing and a little weird. But like, this is a Batman that makes mistakes. And you can tell just by the way that truck exploded. I mean, people were probably killed during this chase or serious injuries and uh, not exactly minimizing the damage. I'm glad we didn't reflect on it a whole lot, but you definitely get the feeling that Batman is causing some issues, you know, just in, like, in the amount of damage he's causing because I mean, this is a Batman that when he fights against somebody, I mean, you better, uh, you better say your prayers because he may not kill you. But, I mean, this is a, a level of intensity 
from Batman that I don't think we've ever seen before. And I'm wondering, did that intensity work for you? Did you feel it or was it, did it feel kind of forced to you? Um, I, uh, it worked for me actually, you know, um, I think that's kind of something that kind of gets glossed over a little bit, but, you know, Batman always toes the line. You know, he's got his no kill policy as apart from the, uh, you know, the early films, uh, mm-hmm. us, but you know, um, doesn't stop him beating the brakes off of somebody when he needs yeah. to. And he's always, you know, that's always like us, you know, in the comics and stuff like that, he's always thinking about that line and doesn't want to cross it because, you know, mm-hmm. the darkness is always there. Absolutely. And it does feel like this is a Batman who that rule is going to become more and more a part of him, I think, as the movies come uh, progress. I mean, we get the little bits of like no guns and all that, but this is a Batman that clearly is using this 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 uh persona as like therapy in a way just like i was almost like he is r- releasing uh pent up anger and that it, it's definitely a sign of you know we're I, I believe the movie says we're two years in to batman and it does like you said it feels like he is at the start of this journey and that is going to continue as the movies go along and, I, and we've got to talk about Matt Reeves here because this interpretation of Gotham City, the look of the movie, we got the cinematographer for Dune coming in. Uh, one of the biggest things that I've praised about this movie in the past is just how beautiful it looks, how uh, the just its whole visual style, the intensity that comes with it, the atmosphere, the music. I love the way this movie felt. And I'm wondering, you know, matching this up with, you know, well, obviously it's the rankings, but with Burton and Nolan, did this interpretation of Batman work for you? It did. It did. It, it reminded me more of the the Burton films, um, mm-hmm. a little bit. Just the the darker, grittier feel. I mean, I know they use what Pittsburgh for the uh, uh, for the the Batman trilogy. Um, and I, you know, Pittsburgh's not quite that dirty, <laughs> right? So uh, I think they use Chicago um, a lot in the Nolan films. Was this? Oh, was it shock? Oh no, you're right. I'm sorry. It was Chicago. Um, I was thinking of Pittsburgh because of the uh, the the scene with the the football stadium yeah yeah anyway Heinz Ward was the receiver so um but uh it uh, and I've been to Chicago multiple times but (laughs) it's either here or there um but I I really did enjoy Gotham the look of it the uh the you know that I was wondering why it was so incomplete and then the whole you know the whole sequence about people stealing the money out of that trust fund it makes Mm -hmm. a whole lot more sense um that that Thomas Wayne set up um, spoiler alert! Jumping in, you said spoiler review. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I, I thought it uh, it fit fit really well. Kind of the atmosphere, how uh, you know Batman. I mean, even the uh, even Wayne Manor didn't really look like he was the best prepared. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not really that's not really Bruce's thing anymore. But uh, you know, it 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 all fit really well. I thought to the the feel of the entire movie. Yeah, and we've got it. We got to talk about the villain here. We've got Paul Dano as the Riddler. Not exactly, you know, near the level of iconography as the Joker. And I feel like your initial thing to do would be to jump in with the Joker. And I'm glad that this movie showed that type of restraint. We're clearly saving that for later. And we get a little bit of tease of, of the Joker at the end of the film. But uh, going into the riddle, you know, obviously we have Jim Carrey. And I, you can listen to Sam and I's review. Not exactly our cup of tea, you know, for Jim with Jim right. Carrey. But I got to say this... Uh, this new vision of the Riddler you know, for people who love the green, you know, Riddler suit and the, and the hat, they may be disappointed, but I really did enjoy this new darker 
uh, serial killer type of like a jigsaw almost from the Saw series, that type of, uh, yeah. you know, hidden villain in the background. There's not a lot of scenes between the Riddler and Batman. There's really only one physical confrontation that, and that is a great scene. Uh, but overall, like the, this, this Riddler, did he, uh, did he meet up to what you needed this villain to be? Um, yeah, I, it was a totally different take on the Riddler. I knew it was going to be mm-hmm. the Riddler. Um, I avoided all sorts of uh, uh, spoilers or anything going into the movie, so I really had no idea how it was going to be. So I found it to be insanely intense, um, yeah. <laughs> especially that opening sequence when he kill, killed, I, I can't remember if that was a DA or uh, it, uh, it was the mayor. The mayor. It was the mayor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that kind of like, that shocked me, to be honest. So it, it was a good shock value. When that happened, I was like, this is going to be a good film. I mean, that was what third first two minutes of the movie. Absolutely. So I thought it was, uh, I thought it was an interesting take on on the Riddler, a great one. You know, kind of get away from that goofy feel of the uh, of the nineteen sixty nine Riddler or sixty six right. Riddler, and then Jim Carrey. So just moving away from those, uh, giving the Riddler a, a harsher feel, I thought was a good move. Yeah, just from the from the jump with that opening scene, it is intense and it is a, a level of brutality that I, I don't even know if Nolan quite went to the level of like just violence, the violence that this movie goes to, because there was a lot of like psychological stuff in the dark night where you just couldn't believe how intense it went with like killing Rachel and all the implied stuff was incredibly brutal. And then the Batman is kind of taking it up to a whole nother tier, in my opinion, just like really riding that PG-13 and rated <laughs> R line. And I, I got a feeling that if this movie wasn't a Batman movie and backed by a studio and this being such a big studio film, I could see it getting a slight R rating. And I remember when uh, Jude, my dad and I were going to see the early screening, we were planning on going to see it Friday with uh, my younger brother later, but after watching that opening scene, I, I turned to my dad. I was like, eh, so I was probably not going to be watching this. So I'm just, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I like when we, I saw it a second time and, and there was like a baby in the audience. I was like, get it, the baby out of here. You didn't see this movie. It's like incredibly intense the way it goes. And this opening kill is yeah. probably the darkest it goes, but just everything like just the, the visual of the, the DA and that mask and just, uh, with the bomb on it, the intensity, the the duct tape around the mouth, and all, all everything, and even this Batman, like this is not a Batman who you would look up to. He doesn't have like an ideology that you would really admire from the start. That that has to come later. And this is a Batman who doesn't fully understand yet the way the the lower class work yet. He still has to figure out how that works, and he's going to learn that from Catwoman as the movie goes on. And that, that is a transformation for this Batman that I really, really enjoyed. And I want to talk to you about that ending as we, uh, when we get to the end of the podcast. But yeah, just like this is a Batman that is not, you know, he's not like a, a, somebody you look up to from the start. And he has to grow into that. And it's an awesome transformation to see him reach that point. It is. It is. And, you know, I, I think about just the, the beginning when he uh, when we first see the Batman, when those uh, the gang is uh, attacking the dude off the subway, you know, he uh, he uh, he goes really hard into those guys. I mean, those guys try to shoot him, but, you know, right. um, everybody except the dude with the half painted face, you know, he let him go because um, the guy didn't want to fight. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Batman, he's he's coming into his own. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the fights were that 
the fight choreography was good. I, I liked it. I, I again, I go back to I thought maybe uh, you know after watching the Nolan trilogy, Batman, his skills I, I felt were good, but they're not yeah. like perfected yet. Again, go back to this is year two for him. Right. So it was a uh, it's a good one. Yeah, I enjoy the action so much in the movie when we get it. And I feel like I enjoy the hand-to-hand combat more than I do Nolan, even though I think Nolan's got the best Batman action scene in that that Dark Knight chase with the bat pod and all that. I mean, that's one of my favorite action scenes of all time. But when you get to, like, uh, when you watch the opening scene of the Dark Knight, the first Batman scene, when he takes down the fake Batman and uh scarecrow all of that the taking out the thugs batman always found a way to minimize the damage and this is a batman who's not doing that he is just going to ground you to a pulp until you stop fighting and it's really just kind of up to you when you're going to stop but these guys will keep coming and he will continue to fight and he is not in the mood for minimizing damage he is he comes in and he attacks and he gets out and it's really nothing he he does not linger at all and that's you know obviously it's very entertaining as somebody who likes a, a dark batman but i feel like the movie does a really good job of showing you this is a batman that that has to grow to become what Batman needs to be, what Batman has always been. And so seeing this Batman from an early start is, is very cool. And I'm, we got to talk about uh, Catwoman played by Zoe Kravitz. I This is probably out, out of some great Catwoman, Michelle Pfeiffer and Anne Hathaway. This is probably my favorite Catwoman. And I'm wondering how you felt about her. Um, I enjoyed her as Catwoman. Um, Halle Berry was better. Just kidding. Um, but uh, <laughs> it, uh, it was a it was an interesting again it was an interesting take. I mean, Catwoman's uh, usually fairly cut and dry with being a uh, you know a cat burglar, but right. uh, this take on her and then her lineage, uh, her who her father was, that was a new one on me. Yeah, um, I didn't. But expect I thought that. Uh, I I didn't either. That caught me. I was like, oh okay. I I thought they uh, I thought what Batman thought when they first run into each other, but mm-hmm. uh, there's a. The, the relationship was not uh, father and daughter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, I get what you're saying. Yeah, uh, but I, no, I, I was, uh, I, I liked her. I thought she did a good job. She brought something a little different to it, and I felt like their their relationship was was more of a pure Batwoman or Batman and Catwoman yeah. as as opposed to Bruce Wayne and and. Uh, uh, selena kyle you know what i'm saying yeah. I, I thought she always loved batman <laughs> right, right so i i thought that uh that was a little more pure to the comics in my opinion yeah i agree i i really do love the the dynamic between these two i think zoe kravitz does a great job and i really understood like just how much i like cared about the relationship by the end because the, the two of them share the final scene of the film and it's them kind of having that bit of a dance with their motorcycles and i was like i'm actually like really engaged and i really care about them and it's a kind of a sweet moment as they they part ways i mean it's it, it's not like the most in-depth like you know metaphor or anything but i really just enjoy that whole little sequence to them as they kind of split ways it it completely finalized to me that they they the movie had done a great job of building up the relationship and you ultimately you you care about the two of them uh, the two of their dynamics you know and i really did like that the movie was able to pull that off and like you said sam it felt very true to the comics that we've seen batman and catwoman and so far 
And I really enjoyed that the movie took that dynamic and put it on the screen. I thought it worked really well. We've, we've got to mention the three hour runtime. It's got some people worried. It, people have been criticizing it. Maybe it shouldn't have been three hours. Did the three hour runtime, uh, was it a problem for you or did it go by pretty quickly? It went, honestly, it went by really quickly until the last sequence when the, uh, when the city flooded. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't, I don't know how you could have made that better or, uh, or change that a little bit, right. but uh, I, I felt like once you caught the Riddler, they, I just felt once they caught the Riddler, it was kind of, I think they should have ended the movie there. I thought the whole flooding thing was a little wrong. Yeah. Um, I get it that he was changing and, and becoming a, a hero to the people that way. Mm -hmm. And um, I could, I could see that, but and it, I'm not gonna lie. I actually thought right at first it was a uh, imagination. Like somebody was thinking about it. I thought it was in the Riddler's mind at first. Yeah. I was like, Oh crap. No, this, this really happened. You know? <laughs> so um, yeah, but up to that point, you know, that was what two hours and, 30 minutes or so into the movie, mm -hmm. the movie flew by. I didn't even realize it'd been that far into the movie. Yeah, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. When you get to the flooding sequence, you, you begin to feel the length like, okay, I, I'm beginning to feel it. But that, I really want to give the editor some props because the first two and a half hours, it just, it really does blow by you. And I didn't really feel the length a whole lot. And I know some people may feel it, but I was completely engaged. It is more... Uh, mystery than action but i think the mystery is so engaging and it grabs you so much here that you really aren't going to mind that and i think the movie does a great job of giving you this this engaging mystery when we get to the flood and all of that it does you do begin to feel like the movie needs to start wrapping up and maybe they could have cut some action stuff the thing i would have cut is the joker scene just because i felt like that was an as was a post-credit scene rather than really having to like grind the movie to a halt let's talk about the joker and then go back to what we really need to end the movie on and that is batman and catwoman having their final moment together that's really like i feel like we should have gone straight there after batman gets the final uh, nirvana song after the nirvana song you go straight to batman and catwoman i think that should have been it but they bring in this joker scene here and i don't think the joker scene is bad I just think it kind of is not really what the movie is about at this point, because in this third act, we have been talking so much about Batman having to become something more and the bringing in the Joker kind of like, kind of like we had to like, stop just a second. We're going to talk about the Joker real quick and then we'll get back yeah. to Batman. But I would, I'd have put this scene at the end and I think people would have freaked out if it popped up at the end. Did you like this scene of uh, Barry Keoghan as the Joker? Um, I, I completely agree with you. I thought it was, uh, it should have been, a at the end or maybe just like, a. I don't know. I, I don't think they needed, needed a Joker for this movie at all. I think it distracted yeah. from the movie of the Riddler. And, uh, I, I don't know, maybe they're setting up where the Riddler helps him get it out next movie or, or however it's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm in a complete agreement. Um, it could have just been him laughing or I, I don't know. I don't know, or maybe just left it open and figure out who the next next villain's going to be. Yeah, maybe it's just because the scene is it is a long, lengthier scene that I think they could have done. I think they could have just given us a shot of like I feel like it, it's 
lasts about like two minutes. I feel like it could have been cut to a minute. And I feel like there's a pretty good way to come up with how to how to edit the whole scene down. I think what we see at the Joker, it's not exactly the Joker yet. You get that there is kind of this uh, the scarring and he's got that. Uh, the, I think Matt Reeves said that he has some sort of disorder where he is always smiling and his face is kind of like stuck in that way, almost like Jack Nicholson. Um, but I, I like what we get. I like the tease, but it kind of sacrifices the, the momentum, uh, especially coming out, out of that Nirvana song, which had been all over the trailers. And when it popped up at the beginning, I thought it was awesome. There was like just an awesome sequence. And that's a really great, really great song. And, and this movie is interesting. And I've loved listening to it even after the film. It's a really good song. And you get to the Nirvana influence, like you said, of Kurt Cobain and, and them putting in... Uh, all the little bit of Nirvana flourishes in the soundtrack and all that. I think that it's it's a really great uh, way to get the adrenaline pumping at the beginning of the movie and then to kind of close everything out on that. It's uh, I really do like it. And uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a great song. And I love the way the whole sequence plays out. Yeah. How do you uh, what did you think of uh Colin Farrell as the Penguin, because this is somebody we haven't mentioned yet. And this performance has been getting a lot of notice. People seem to be really enjoying this take on the character. And it's certainly striking with all of the makeup. Did you like this take on the Penguin? Um, I did. I did, actually. Um, You know, even Danny DeVito's Penguin was a little, he was sadistic, but he was kind of goofy in ways, you know. So I thought making him a... uh, a, a, just a straight up mobster was a, uh, was a pretty good move. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I think back to the old, old penguin when in the top hat with a little monocle and stuff right. like that, you know, it was, uh, you know, he was still kind of a goofy, but, uh, you know, just a straight up gangster. So I enjoyed the gangster take. It kind of ties in, keeps him tied into the, uh, to all the characters in the movie. And, uh, and it, it kind of fit too with, uh, with the, the tone that the the movie was setting with the Riddler not being goofy at all, um, right. so I, I thought it was a good one. And I I honestly I forgot it was Colin Farrell yeah. for a long time, you know, because he when he gets going his his Irish accent will, will will come out, but he had a nice he had a good accent. I thought it was a great job. I enjoyed the thing uh, the penguin. Yeah, I love this performance in the in the. I mean, the makeup is incredible. It's certainly Oscar. I mean, he just completely tr- transforms into this character and he's unrecognizable. And I tried to like spot him, like see if I could tell. I, I just couldn't. I mean, he is completely transformed here. And even his acting itself, it's not just the makeup, his whole inflection, everything, his mannerisms. It just feels so unlike Colin Farrell. And I was watching, I was watching him do press for the movie. It's like, I can't be- believe this is the same guy as the penguin. There's just no resemblance to me. And I love that. I love how this, this actor just completely transcends. It's a great, great performance. Probably the most, the biggest source of comedy, I'd say this movie takes, which is yeah. completely fine. And it probably did need it at a couple spots. And I thought that the, the penguin humor was funny, but certainly mm-hmm. like he feels a part of this world. And yeah, Danny DeVito, like he did his thing and, you know, I, I thought it was okay. It was a little much for me, all of the, you know, biting the fingers on that. I thought it was funny, like inadvertently. I mean, I was laughing, 
you know, and I remember talking <laughs> yeah. about that with you, Sam. It's just, it was absolutely nuts. I'm biting somebody's nose, biting the fingers. It's just, it was all sorts of crazy. And the penguin just kind of being this, this right hand man to Carmen Falcone, who I also thought was great in the movie. I loved the, the take on Falcone. It was just all, all of the, his mannerisms I thought were great. And I love, he's not the main character, but he is this kind of side character that I think works really well, just floating in and out of the movie. Did you like yeah. the uh, Carmine Falcone here? I did. I did. Um, again, the, um, the him and, uh, Thomas Wayne having the the relationship was uh, was pretty cool. You know, Thomas Wayne uh, repairing his heart after he'd been shot in the chest, and in uh, Wayne Manor, you know, there was, there was a lot of it. And then just uh, just how much you know, Falcone was a big deal in in the first couple of Batman, uh, the Nolan trilogy, you know. Um, but uh, I thought that I, I I did enjoy the character, and this mm-hmm. kind of showed how how much the crime families really controlled that town. Yeah. You really do get a sense of his absolute power here. And I, I like that you feel his menace. And in a way, he is kind of the most powerful character in the whole the whole movie. So I really did like how that all worked. And I this actor, John Turturro, I've seen him in a couple side roles. And I'm watching him right now in the new Apple TV show by Ben Stiller, Severance. And he's great in that. I really like this actor. And I think that he fits this role very very well and you talked about the uh the bruce wayne twist that they put in here i mean there's always been like very rarely in the comics have they gone the path of bruce wayne having any sort of blemish you know on his record and here we kind of get that take for the first time in a batman film i feel like it comes at a very you know noticeable time where we are where we are at as a culture we're kind of like some people you know are not as, as honorable as we may have thought and so i i think it's an interesting way to to bring in that those types of themes did you like the take that they were kind of uh making thomas wayne seem a little bit less less of a noble person even though i think alfred you know, kind of clears up. He wasn't a horrible person. And I like that the movie does, you know, we don't want to sit there and just think that he's awful. Right. But I like that there is, you know, there's, I think what Batman has to learn here and because he starts off thinking there is just black and white and he's going to have to learn through Catwoman and Falcone that there are shades of gray and everybody has at least gray in them. And, and in the end, Thomas Wayne just ended up being a little bit more of a gray character than we had thought. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely thought that was a good uh, a good take. Um, and also goes, you know, all kids think their parents. Well, most kids usually think their parents are yeah. are you know are great shining beacons. So you know, as you get older and realize that everybody makes mistakes, and mm-hmm. you know, everybody, you know, and Martha Wayne, you know, she had her. They didn't. I, I don't. They didn't really say why she had to go get um, some mental health counseling or anything right. like that. But, Probably you know, trauma. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah, um, but uh, I, I thought it was a good take and, and to show that uh, politics made people dirty. You know, yes. a, lot, a lot of these politicians, you know, they don't start out that way. Most people don't start out that way. But, you know, the more you start making those backroom deals because you've got to, you know, get those votes and, and become the, right. you know, things things happen. You know, mm-hmm. the skeletons all don't, don't always stay in the closet and people do crazy yeah. things to keep them there. Uh, yeah, I love the the whole realization when he watches that video that the Riddler put out online. And it's like, it's a very kind of intense, 
you know, like almost difficult to watch the way he's just kind of like all uncovering this. Then the, the corruption went further than we thought. I just think the whole way the Riddler releases these this unveiling of certain lies that the Gotham uh, politicians had set up him uncovering that. And this is a big moment. It's very much kind of horrifying and jaw dropping because you never thought that they were going to touch Thomas Wayne's legacy. And yet here they are and they're doing it. And the hardest part is when they reveal that Bruce's mom had like uh, mental issues and like you said probably trauma right from uh the her, from her parents and uh what went on between them and that was just like uh, that was shocking like that that hit yeah. me to the core just like they and it, you could see and this is why i think robert pattinson is so great is all you got to see is his eyes and just the horrifying realization that he never knew that about his mom like you don't right. think i don't think he knew that and so it's all just uh really great the way it's all uncovered i think is just fantastic and the in the mind games that riddler is, is playing when we get to the scene between him and batman in the prison i think it's great because riddler is holding the cards but he's not the joker he's not heath ledger because when we have the interrogation scene the dark knight you feel like Joker is holding all the cards. He is a mastermind and Batman can do nothing. And he's just playing this cool calculated figure in the, in this take of for the Riddler, he holds the cards, but he doesn't really know how to play it as well as the Joker did. So he right. comes off as a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit more, uh, I'm a little more awkward in the way that he brings it all out. And I love that they are, subverting that he's not a, he is a, a, obviously a very smart uh, genius character but he socially he just cannot pull off the menacing dynamic nearly as well as Heath Ledger could and it's not like a slight to the actor or anything I think it's great that the movie chose to do that because I think this interrogation scene between Batman and, and the Riddler is is just chilling the way it all plays out and I think it's a credit to to Paul Dana who plays the Riddler just how creepy he is in this scene it, it's fantastic yeah, and and uh, I also like how he uh, the Riddler sets up everything, but he doesn't quite understand Batman either because he thought he had Batman on his side the whole time because Batman was going through and finding the clues and following everything. And then yeah. you know, in during the interrogation, he's like, "You're not going to come with me. You're not going to help me." And then then he realizes <laughs> that Batman didn't even figure out the last clue. Yeah. So it you're was not fun. as smart as I thought you were. That was yeah. pretty chilling. Yeah, that was that was, and I was like, "Oh God." Again, I really thought the, but then it led into the, you know, the dam bursting, and mm. I was really, I thought it was on his head, but uh, I was like, again, I was like, oh my gosh, they really blew up the town, but it's, uh, it was, it was definitely cool. I was, was shocked. Cool. I, I really enjoyed the Riddler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was shocked that they went that way, blowing up Gotham City, I and mean, that is probably the biggest you know, event a Batman movie has had is them blowing up these dams and Gotham flooding. And that's a massive event, I think, out of any of the Batman films. So this movie is definitely going for the biggest uh, climax, I think, out of any Batman film. And I don't think it hits, you know, quite the heights of the Dark Knight in a way that like, for me, the, the two boats scene in the Dark Knight is nowhere near the best part of that movie. It's probably the weakest, right? It's not as exciting, but when you get to the emotional you know, heart of the film between Jim Gordon, Harvey Dent, and Batman in that final standoff, that's really the climax of the film to me. And that's the emotional climax. That's where the movie reaches it reaches its peak, right? And I don't think this, 
the I enjoy the bur the the explosion of the the dam more than I do the two boats. But the ending is not like as great as Jim Gordon, Two Face, and Batman having that final showdown. And it's not like the the ending is bad in the Batman, but it's just like you can tell that Nolan just had something in there a little bit between those three and that that kind of heart that the movie had. And the Nolan focusing on that, I think, makes the Dark Knight's ending just a little bit better, but only a little because I do love this ending. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's a good that's a good point. I agree with that. And I got to say, one of the things I like about this Riddler is the way that he has this this cult like following. And it's obviously like it's not as satisfying that the Riddler isn't isn't there with us. Right. But them bringing in these followers and kind of realizing that he's gained this cult following and all of that. I think that it is uh, a really uh, kind of interesting take on this serial killer, because nowadays with online stuff and, and message boards, all that stuff that I don't really understand. But you can develop <laughs> a weird cult like following. And the fact that uh, the Riddler is using that to his advantage here and he has these clearly broken Gotham followers and having all of that uh using using that to his advantage i think is a, a really interesting way to take this character and uh to take the villain because we haven't had something quite like this in the band we've had goons with the burton films but the the magnitude of these goons showing up feels much more significant yeah and i was thinking about that too when we were, when we were discussing the uh the film that uh the riddler releases about thomas and martha wayne you know, you can go on YouTube and you can find those zeitgeist type films all the time. And then, you know, and and people believe it regardless, you know, mm -hmm. they'll believe anything you put on YouTube. And then so it, it's pretty easy to, to, to cultivate the followers. And then, you know, the Riddler, he's as, as socially awkward as he was, he was still able to connect with other orphans and uh, mm -hmm. convince them to help carry out his plan. And then, uh, I mean, they were just as committed as he was, you know. For and sure. then um and then again not, not we're jumping all over but then something really significant i thought was when uh, batman was fighting the fighting the goons at the end was he he developed the venom that you know that <laughs> that we finally uh, we see later with um uh, um that he like when he got beat up really bad yeah and he shot, yeah. shot himself up with the uh it was green i was like oh man that's venom we're gonna see some uh see some interesting characters from that but uh, that, that was pretty cool. They're already introducing that. So I'm feeling like maybe uh, I just wish we would. I want to see like Clayface. I want to see some different type of Batman villain. Mm -hmm. I want to see the guys all the time. But, you know, that, that fleet did some maybe some stuff down the road. I thought was pretty cool. I do agree. I, I'm hoping that this movie's going to that this series is going to find a way to give us some Batman characters that we haven't gotten before. Clayface. I feel Batman has an incredible rogues gallery, and I feel like we've only seen just a little bit of it. I'm excited to see if maybe they're going to yeah. find ways to bring in different characters that are in, like, you know, the Batman animated series and so forth. You can bring out some vague villains, and I think people will still be interested. Obviously, you know, I'm interested in seeing what they do with this Joker, but I, I don't want them to go straight to, you know, like the Bane will and just do what like Nolan did yeah. or something like that. Like, do something a little bit more unique. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like even Batman Begins bringing in Ra's al Ghul, I thought that was a that was a good uh, a good change of pace. Yeah, um, 
yeah i i yeah when he hit the venom i was like oh please don't tell me we're gonna see bane pretty quick you know um get a little batman but, and robin type of goon <laughs> yeah yeah I, I don't i just i i mean yeah there's clay face i was trying to think of some other ones off the top of my head i i uh you know uh maybe he mr a new take on mr freeze would be that's what i was thinking yeah but uh oh great yeah i would like to see how they how they did a mr freeze because i've heard that being mentioned before and that sounds interesting to me they've also got you know um hush there's that really famous comic book batman hush where it's Mm -hmm. uh kind of like one of bruce wayne's friends turns into a killer and and that's something that i think is a great batman story and for them to possibly tackle that like that's somebody who's never been taken to the big screen and that's an incredible batman story and he's got a great look kind of wrapped up in like cloth all around his face it's a great visual and i think that this the the style that this movie has that could aid really well into into future Batman films for this trilogy. I think that that's something that could be potentially very very awesome. And as we're kind of you know we're bringing it into a close, um, I wanted to before we finally wrap the whole ending up, the mystery overall, you know, uh, piecing together these corrupt politicians and all of that and all of that coming into the light. Did the mystery ultimately, was it satisfying to you and did it grab you enough for this movie to be more, obviously, I mean, we've talked about it, more mystery than action. Is that okay for you? Did the mystery grab you enough? It, it did. I think that's why the movie moved along so well for me mm-hmm. in the beginning. Um, I mean, the character development was great too. You know, yeah. learning more about uh, Catwoman and and even the pink one, you know, his, his character development as you, you know, thought, you thought he was the uh, the stool pigeon right at first, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, but I, I did enjoy it, and then um, is uh, revealing what he's done, and then but he actually literally meant it, <laughs> yeah, literally bring him in the light so he could uh, so he can shoot him. So that was that was definitely a. a a, a satisfying in, ending to the mystery and, it, and I, I feel like it goes back to you know batman's one of the best detectives world's greatest detective but he still had, he hadn't quite made it there yet so i thought they did a good job yeah i agree with you and and bringing everything to a close because the ultimate realization for batman that he has to change is when one of the riddler goons his his mask is taken off and batman just beat him to a pulp and he says the the famous scientist movie he's been using constantly you know to market it's the I'm vengeance line and Batman realizes that the impact he's made has potentially caused more problems than maybe it's caused good and that he has to change into something more people online. And I'm, I'm trying to ignore it, but they've been saying that like Batman is just going to like not fight crime anymore. Like he's realizing the error of his ways and he's going to do more of the stuff we see at the end. And it's just like, you know, holding people's hands and all of that. Like, you know, violence isn't the way. And and it's almost like it's a woke Batman. And I haven't understood that. I didn't get that from the film. I, 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 that was something I wasn't getting. I was wondering, do you feel like this is a completely new take on Batman by the end that he's just not going to fight crime anymore? Because that's not really what I got or really what I wanted. But I was wondering if you got something from the movie that I did not. I, I didn't. Uh, I don't feel like he was going to be a woke Batman or not fighting crime. I just felt like he realized that he needs to be more than just vengeance. Right. From the, He needs to be. And again, that kind of goes to him sacrificing himself to fall into the water. 
and then you know he he uh, used his flair and he helped the you know helped the kids out of there and, and led people away from danger. And then even when they're the National Guard helicopters are in, you know he's he's like still in full Batman suit, mm-hmm. helping people get get on the uh, get on the helicopter and stuff. Yeah. So I, I think he realized there he's got to be more than vengeance, but I don't think he's gonna be. Right. He's never gonna not fight crime. I mean, what's yeah. the what's the point? Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like you got you got to fight, right? And it's not just yeah. gonna work if you're holding, you know, lifting <laughs> lifting up bridges or something like that. This isn't Superman. I mean, Superman. That is what Superman does. Batman has to be at that street level and 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 punching criminals. That is what Batman does. But like I said, you see how Batman is gonna have to change just in the fighting style, right? Where the just where he's pounding people to a, a pulp. We're not gonna see that in this second film if if you know it, it sounds like that's where we're gonna get we're gonna get a trilogy of some kind that's what they've been saying that sounds like what we're, we're gonna be getting is just a, a a lighter brutality from batman a, a probably a better change in tactics and that's something i think we needed because a damaged batman like this would not last three films there has to be a change story-wise and uh, yeah. when i initially watched this movie i wasn't aware people were saying that i thought that this was awesome just kind of that final realization that batman has always strived to be more and to me this really hit home is what batman needed to be so i love that this movie went for that i thought it was uh really great yeah i i agree with that uh, i don't i mean i honestly if batman's not kicking butt i'm not gonna watch batman movie i just watch i agree I can watch a regular detective movie, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, he's always gonna be haunted by um, Bruce or uh, by Martha and uh, Wayne's death. So I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's central to his being. I mean, Spider Man wouldn't be Spider Man without Uncle Ben. Uh, so Batman won't be Batman without the death of his parents. Absolutely. Yeah, he does yeah. always kind of have to carry on that damage. I think that's why Batman's probably, you know, that damage to him is probably why he's my favorite superhero. It's just like that he is just like us. He's got a little bit of damage and he is doing always doing his best to overcome that and to be his best self. And he fails and then he and sometimes he succeeds. And I think that, that is just really what a, a hero needs to be. And that's why I think this Batman is what we need right now even though like i mentioned it when i was talking about this movie before like you know this movie probably won't be as big as spider-man no way home but it feels like to me the ultimate message that this movie sends kind of it impacted me more than that film i I don't know i don't know if you saw no way home sam yeah but i to me i felt like this movie uh, tapped into something that was far more emotionally uh true and powerful than what no way home did and that's not a diss to no way home it's just that i feel like this movie is doing something more as a batman film should yes i i agree i mean the the best part of no way home was the the opening of the portals and getting to see uh uh my two other favorite spider-man yeah uh, i know batman's not really gonna go that route maybe but who knows let's uh, hope not (laughs) yeah let's let's hope not but um uh see how flashpoint goes but uh, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I I never compare Marvel and DC movies anymore because uh, mm-hmm. they're just too tonally. They're just so different. You can't. They don't really fit in the same category. I mean, other superhero movies and stuff. Right. So, um, but I, you know, Batman is all he has is a bunch of toys and he's got a lot of money. And I I can feel that a lot more more than uh than having superpowers like super or Spider Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree with everything you said. And uh, I guess that I guess that wraps things up, Sam. Uh, we'll get to the rankings in a second. But 
uh, you know, like we always do. Do you recommend the Batman 2022? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you don't even have to watch any other Batman movies leading up to this. You can jump mm-hmm. right in. So I absolutely, uh, I was, I was really hesitant at first. Again, I was cautiously optimistic, but uh, it turned out to be a terrific movie. I was there with my daughter and uh, she's a big Batman fan as well. And about 20 minutes into the movie, I looked at her and I was like, this is going to be amazing. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it held up the entire time. Yeah, I completely agree. I think this is a, an awesome film. One of my you know, favorite Batman films, for sure, when we get to that ranking. I think, you know, yeah. obviously, if you've been with us through this series, you know, there have been movies here in this retrospective that we <laughs> haven't liked. And there have been movies that we really do like. And But overall, I think Batman is one of the strongest series that you can watch. I mean, just even like a movie like Batman Forever. I don't hate Batman Forever probably as much as I used to just because it's got some weird camp value to it and it doesn't always work, but it's an interesting take. And I think that every version of Batman we've gotten has been interesting. And this is one of my favorites, just the noir, the detective. This is what I've loved from for Batman comics forever. I mean, I've always loved this take and the action's great. The Batmobile scene. I mean, when Batman is racing to save Alfred and, and you get hit that moment of him like screaming in the Batmobile and that just hit, that just hit yeah. right where I wanted it to. I mean, you <laughs> really get to, the damage that this Batman has been through and how he's got to overcome that and be uh, the best Batman that he can be. And he is just surrounded by an entire cast. I mean, we didn't talk about Jim Gordon and, and Alfred, but they're great here as well. And I love the relationship between Batman and Jim Gordon. Alfred is not in the movie as much as Michael Caine, but there is an importance to this character that I think is, uh, is really important to the overall theme of this movie. And Andy Serkis just, he does a fantastic job. And the, 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 the music, the directing, all of it. I think it's uh, some of the strongest like mu- composing and directing I've seen in a long time. So I just want to, you know, definitely a strong recommend. Uh, I really do love this movie. Strong and, recommend, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when we, all right, so we're going to talk about the rankings here and we're going to cover, I'm guessing, what, you know, Batman films that we've covered. You know, I did a little bit of Mask of the Phantasm review, but we probably won't be putting that in our rankings, right? This is mainly what we've covered. We're talking about... Adam West, um, uh, Keaton, Kilmer, mm-hmm. Clooney, Christian Bale, and um, of course, Robert Pattinson. And we'll start off ranking the Batman themselves. I did, just for the sake of it, I threw in Ben Affleck in the, in the mix. Just I felt like he deserved a little <laughs> bit of credit. I don't know if you did that, Sam. Yeah. I wanted to throw him in just because, um, I, and we'll, we'll break each of these characters down uh, or their interpretations just because, you know, I mean, it's been a while since we've talked about these. And so yeah. it'll be going to be exciting for me to to, to <laughs> remind people which one of these worked and uh, some of them that didn't. And, you know, when we start the bottom, there are some that really just did not. So we'll, we'll start off, Sam, with the uh, with the Batman actors uh, from the bottom. How did you uh, rank the Batman starting from the bottom? So I put Adam West at the bottom and uh Mainly just because it's not really his fault. It's just the very camp. I'm not a huge, I mean, it was really camera, you know, the, the shark, uh, right. bad, <laughs> shark spray, running around with that giant bomb. Um, I mean, it's not really his fault. He did fine for, for it, but uh, it was just my least favorite take on Batman. Yeah. My bottom. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh I, I didn't know if you want me to do the entire list or we were going to all. We'll do the entire list. We'll do the entire list. Okay. All right. Um, my next one was these two were kind of interchangeable. Um, 
but uh, I put Val Kilmer um, as my number five, um, mainly just because, again, he just kind of phoned that. At, he, he just kind of phoned it in. Yeah. Um, and th- those, those, as we discussed, those later Batman movies were just kind of a mess as it was. Um, I put Clooney above him, um, but again, uh, phoned Very it in. Very much the same. You know, yeah, they're, they're, those two are kind of interchangeable with me. Um, mm-hmm. This might be a hot take, <laughs> but I have Christian Bale next. Okay. Um, uh, I There's a... There's a big gap between all these, so yeah, it's not big. Like big we're not saying that Christian Bale is on the same <laughs> tier as Kilmer. He's up a couple more tiers than yeah, Kilmer. Well. I go. Yeah, there's, there's a big gap, but I, I put him there. Um, the biggest reason, um, it was just like oh, you know, he had a big body of work to choose from, and uh, but I thought he, I mean, he did a great job. Um, and then. My next one, so here's my honorable mentions. Um, I kind of put Ben Affleck uh, right around Christian Bale. Yeah. Um, I actually thought Ben Affleck did a really good job as Batman in those movies and stuff. Um, But, uh, and then my number two would be Michael Keaton. Um, That's just a, uh, probably nostalgia talking because that was my first real take on Batman movies Mm -hmm. and stuff. And and he still, you know, he still brings it up when, you know, he, he still tells people when he does uh, college uh, speeches and stuff that he's Batman. And he ends yeah. off. So he, he's really bought into it. Um, and then I actually, it, it may be the newness, but I thought Robert Pattinson was uh, th- he's awesome. done the best. Um, with a, another uh, honorable mention to Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. And yes, we got to mention him. I'll put him um, on my list. Yeah, he... Uh, again that goes back to nostalgia probably but uh i love those batman the batman animated series yeah so that, that was my list right there all right awesome that's a that was a great list and, and at my bottom uh i gotta start with george clooney i thought that george <laughs> clooney was just like i don't have nothing against george clooney but it, it, Batman Roman, it kind of sucked. And so uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't great. And he did not do anything to make it better. I don't feel bad putting him at the bottom. He is recognized. This is a crappy performance. He knows it. I know it. Sam, you know it. It's just yeah. not a really great performance. <laughs> and then the next one that I had, I put Val Kilmer. And like you said, they're interchangeable. Neither of them really care. They're both silly. They got the bat nipples. It, you know, it's just, it's not my favorite interpretation. And I don't hate what Joel Schumacher did, it just didn't work. And it could have been done better. I could see this flashy neon Batman working, but the matter of it, the fact is that the writing behind these movies suck. And uh, this is yeah. just not a great Batman and it's not a Batman I care about a whole lot. So I, I had uh, Kilmer uh, a, a little bit before Clooney, just because uh, I, mainly just because I think Batman Forever is a better film. And because of that, I look at Val Kilmer a little less harshly than I do George. <laughs> no offense yeah. to you, George, but um, coming up next, and this is like you said, a whole other tier, like jump up like five tiers. I got Ben Affleck. I wanted to put him on here and I don't hate what Ben Affleck did. I really like what he, what he did. I think he has some great moments in Batman versus Superman and the Justice League, particularly the Snyder cut. He's done some uh, really, he's had some really good moments with this Batman. I think the costume's great. I love the big kind of a like a 
not kind of fat Batman symbol, you know, like it's a little yeah. bit wider. And that's something from like the Dark Knight Returns. And I really like that take. So I, I really like what Affleck did. The voice, eh, it's a little, you know, it's electronic and all that. And people really dog on Christian Bales. I don't really like Ben Affleck's voice a whole lot. That's probably my least favorite Batman voice. But I, I really like what he did with this character, Bruce Wayne, Batman. I think he gets a bad rap. I think that people should give this take of the character a little bit more of a, give a cut him some slack because just because he had some bad writing behind him uh he gets some great moments and just because Zack Snyder is able to make him look so cool I I I kind of go with it so I'll 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 say that this is a pretty good take on Batman definitely heads and heels over George Clooney and Val Kilmer and then I had I put Adam West on here before uh, one step above Ben Affleck. And I didn't recommend Batman 1966. If you'll go back to that review, I, I didn't recommend it, but I love, I do real. I think when you look at the strongest parts of that film, uh, Adam West really does stand out in this kind of self-awareness of, you know, like, you know, Batman kind of being a crazy concept and going with it, making it campy. I think it's pretty enjoyable. And we kind of got a resurgence of campy Batman with the Lego Batman movie, which I didn't put on my list, but that's a really fun Batman film. So I, and I have enjoyed Batman when he's been self-aware just as much as I've enjoyed him when he's been serious. So I put Adam West on here out of respect and uh, a love for that, uh, so for the strongest parts of that 60s era, I thought that he did a really, really fun thing with the character. And then uh, I, right next to him, I put uh, Michael Keaton just because, you know, like the, obviously the Batman costume is, is great. I love it. And man, there is just something about, you know, that uh, kind of weird, quirky take that he did on Batman that I think is a, a lot of a lot of fun and also just like this is iconic right i mean the whole tim burton thing is iconic and you can't disrespect it so i, I really do I, sometimes people give him a bad rap i think that he is a, a a really really solid batman jumping up to another tier i got christian bale coming i honestly thought that he was going to be my number one a few weeks back still but I it's just kind of a testament to the other two that I've got on my on my list here that uh, just because I love what Christian Bale did. I mean, the, yeah. the costume and he's just an incredible actor, one of the best actors working today. I think he always commits to every role. I've got nothing bad to say about Christian Bale. People know he's great. If you've seen those Batman films, the voice does not bother me. He gets great gadgets. The Nolan take is awesome. And we're going to talk about that when we get to the Batman rankings for movies. Uh, this is an awesome take. And I love that uh, the way that Christian Bale tackled this character. So I think this is a great take. Next one I have is Kevin Conroy for the, the for the Batman animated series, not even necessarily the Batman animated film that they did back in the 90s. Just I mean, this is the Batman animated series is an awesome show. If you're a Batman fan, and you haven't seen it. Sorry, you're not a Batman fan. You got to go watch the Batman animated series. <laughs> so go go check that. out. It's a great series. I love 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 that show and i'm and i haven't finished it yet I, I i recently restarted watching it and it is just an awesome show and you can feel some of the uh similarities between the the batman animated series and what uh matt reeves is doing with this new batman film there is kind of some similarities there and i really like that the movie went in that direction this is a great interpretation of batman that really taps into 
some of the things about Batman that make him just an awesome comic book character and people don't even really know about him yet. So I would say that you should really go and rewatch. If you haven't seen the series in a while, rewatch it. If you've never seen it before, definitely give it a watch. I think this is a, a take on Batman that needs to be watched more. So uh, yeah, this is a great Batman. And number one, I put Robert Pattinson. And like, like you said, Sam, maybe it's just the hype. Maybe, maybe I'm still a little bit high after watching that film, but man, I love I love what Robert Pattinson did here. And it's all in the eyes. When you look at the Batman here, I mean, just the way Robert Pattinson is able to act so well with his eyes, it's 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 great, great acting. And the action is awesome. And, you know, it, it, he just gets some of the best stuff, I think, out of any of the Batman. And, man, he's just an – I love this take. And the, the outfit, uh, maybe my favorite Batman outfit out of all the ones we've gone. I think I love the noir look and the – the uh, not steampunk, but just kind of the met metallic armor feel. It well, it's he moves really well, better than any of the other Batman, but also has this built look to him that I think is great. And I love the story that they gave this Batman here. So to me, this is right now my favorite Batman. And maybe it's because I'm finally getting a Batman, you know, that's for me for for my generation. But man, I love it. I love this take on the Batman. What well, was fine. As you said, it reminded me like they actually showed him putting black eye makeup on too uh, yeah. in this film. All the other times they take the they take the cowl off and they're like their eyes are clean, but he actually like left it on. And I thought it was kind of uh, kind of funny they actually showed that for the first yeah. time that I've ever, ever seen him do it. But <laughs> I love that flourish. I love that flourish with the eye makeup. It makes him feel yeah. a little bit more like you know messy and a little bit mm -hmm. more grounded in a way that he's not he's not very uh not very fancy this batman he's uh he's you know, he's beaten up a lot and he's got this uh this eye makeup on it i thought it was really great stuff um getting to our batman movie rankings sam um yeah. starting from the bottom going up what is your uh least favorite batman to start off i'm gonna go with uh shocker batman and robin um, oh <laughs> yeah. i just um i mean there, that film's a mess, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. There's so much going on. I think they tried to do too much. Um, so that was uh, number nine for me. I think I counted out nine. Uh, number eight, <laughs> Batman Forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was kind of, again, those two are kind of interchangeable, just like uh, uh, Killer and Clooney. Uh, number seven, I had Batman 1966, um, mainly just because of the uh, – you know, it's 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 an older film. It just doesn't hold my uh, hold my attention as as, as well. Yeah. Uh, number uh, number six, uh, believe it or not, I got Batman Returns. Uh, uh -huh. uh, I I put that one way down there, but it, it's it started to get pretty hard to rank once I started got up uh, once I got up here. But uh, I just uh, uh, you know we we've discussed that the the mess the problems of that movie uh i still recommended it i would still watch it if it came on um but it's not really my neck uh number five was batman begins uh, um i uh, again i enjoyed that one um christian bale did a great job in it and uh my problem with that one it kind of drags sometimes uh, yeah. number four uh believe it or not is batman 1989 um you know that that's the introduction, but uh, it's still one of my favorite Batman's mm -hmm. uh, Batman movies. Uh, then I got number three was The Dark Knight Rises. Um, that one's uh, that one's still a really good one, and it holds up really well. I still like the twist um, at the end with uh, 
uh, Talia Al Ghul and uh, and Bane and uh, their relationship with Batman. I thought that was pretty cool. Number two is the the Batman, um, and uh, mainly because number one, the Dark Knight Rises, actually had nothing to do with Batman. It has all to do with the Joker because <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was one of the best uh, the best villain Batman villain portrayal there is so it, it has more to do with the joker and then the batman yeah so that that was that was my list but yeah our lists are really similar sam and i'll, I'll try and uh, bring something a little bit new here but like number nine i had batman robin i mean quite frankly you know the movie sucks and a lot of bad acting a lot of bad writing a lot of bad directing just you know bad movie all around i think it deserves kind of the the reputation it's gone like there is a couple scenes you know poison ivy stripping in the the pink bear outfit or whatever that has somehow stuck with me you know like i'm scarred <laughs> by this film it'll leave some scars for you and they may be <laughs> to revisit at times but it's nothing you can't youtube right it's nothing that you can't look up yourself and kind of enjoy that camp factor but the movie does not sustain sub, substantiate for the runtime or anything the pacing's off everything it's just a mess right it's just a mess don't watch it you go to sam and i's review we didn't like it so just yeah stay clear of batman and robin uh, number eight, I had Batman Forever. I, I I would honestly say this is a few tiers above Batman and Robin just because it's I enjoy the two villain performances more. And it's just got this really wild neon type of feel to it that, you know, I certainly didn't end up recommending the film. I don't think it's good. Don't get me wrong. But it's got like it's got enough to it where I would say I, I think this movie needs to be said as this is not as bad as Batman and Robin. And so yeah. I, I just think that that distinction needed to be made. Number seven, I had Batman Returns. And Batman 1966 and Batman Returns were kind of interchangeable for me. Depends on how I'm feeling that day. Because I loved, like, the craziness of Batman Returns and just how nuts it was. But story-wise and, uh, like, villain-wise, I don't think this movie's as strong as what 1989 did or, you know, what any of the Batman films have done in the past. Like Danny DeVito, like, I know people have loved this take of the character there's there's the cult falling out there for this one, but for me i'm not a part of that cult and uh this is just not my take on the penguin that i enjoy obviously and so i to me i just want to give con frill some props because he made this penguin work so much better than danny devito did in my opinion just uh, he really brought this grounded feel to it while as well as bringing in that kind of type of fun comedy that you know, Danny DeVito just struggled to find any good balance with. So Batman Returns, uh, it's got its moments, but ultimately not my favorite. And then I had Batman 1966. I love, you know, the, the style that Adam West is going for here. He and Burt Ward, you know, Cesar Romero, Burt Young, all of it. I, I, I like it, but this movie goes on too long for me. I don't think it deserved to be a movie. It just, it doesn't hold up in my opinion, even though I love this take and that's why I felt like I needed to put Adam West up there on my Batman rankings. This is just not the strongest Batman 1966 episode. And that's ultimately why I have it so low on the list. And then at uh, number, I think I'm at five, number five, I've got Batman 1989. 
And I really do love what Tim Burton did here, the Danny Elfman music, Michael Keaton. Jack Nicholson is ultimately the standout, I think, of this movie. You know, he's still like, and it's crazy because we've gotten two really great, probably more legendary jokers after this with Joaquin Phoenix and Heath Ledger. But don't discredit Jack Nicholson because he really did something that's fun and enjoyable with this with this film. And he probably is the reason I, I love it so much to this day and why I think it's such a strong film. It's not really a good Batman film. It's a good Joker film. This is kind of the first Joker solo <laughs> film. Batman doesn't do a whole lot here, even though I do, I like this take on the character. And then yeah. I had, I had Dark Knight Rises. I, this is to me another step up, even after Batman 1989, just because Nolan brings in a, a directing style that I really do love so much. I think he is one of the best directors working. And Bane gets a bad rap. I think Bane's awesome. I really do enjoy Tom Hardy's Bane. Anne Hathaway is Catwoman. I, th I think is really good. The movie's a little bit long, in my opinion. And I think it, like, kind of the complaint that you had for Batman Begins, I think this movie drags a little bit in a couple spots. And I wish it, it was a little bit more tightly packed like the other two Nolan Batman films. I think it's the weakest of the trilogy, but it's a great comic book film. And easily when I go to my like comic book film rankings, this is one of the strongest, in my opinion, of the whole of the whole genre. So uh, really solid recommend for The Dark Knight Rises. At number three, I've got Batman Begins, the first Nolan film. I think it starts off really really strong this is a great start to the trilogy and like you said bringing in Ra's al Ghul felt new and it felt fresh and I've loved returning to this Liam Neeson character I think remember when Liam Neeson used to do more besides bland action films that lasted an hour two hours long you know like this guy used to be doing really incredible stuff in the acting world and he brings it to this film Michael Caine, Christian Bale, everybody here is just is doing some of their best work. So I really do love Batman Begins and just the, the music and directing all of it. You know, I think it's one of the strongest Batman films that you'll find. Number two, I have the Batman 2022. What else can I say? I love this film. Maybe I'm still a little enthused after watching it, but I think this is really going to be a film that lasts and I will continue to put as one of the strongest comic book films of all time. I'll be honest. When I added this movie and I went to Letterboxd, I put it on my, you know, ranking all the comic book films. I had The Dark Knight as my number one comic book film. And then right under it, I had the Batman <laughs> 2022. So these yeah. two are just kind of tang have a little bit of a tango for which I think is my favorite because I really do love this take of the Batman so, so much, maybe even more than Nolan's. But as you'll see for number one, just like you, Sam, Heath Ledger, there is just some magic. There is some magic in that performance. And man, it's, it's an incredible, incredible film. And one that I've seen at least two dozen times. I'll return to it more and more. I've seen it a bunch. And man, the way that the whole movie gets your blood pumping with the story and everything, it's just, a, it's a great Batman film. And it's got something special about it. And it's one of the reasons why not only I think it's the best comic book film, it's why it's one of my favorite movies of all time. So strong recommend for The Dark Knight. Strongest of recommends, obviously, at being here on the top of my list. Batman, I think we, you can agree with me here, Sam. It's just one of the strongest series out there. And when you get to, to this character at its best, the Batman, the Dark Knight, 
and then you know 1989 and batman begins i mean this is just this i mean these are some of the strongest and best movies you'll find out there so i really think you guys if you haven't i'm sorry we kind of spoiled a lot about batman but if you haven't given any batman movies a chance you've got to go and give these films a watch because i mean there is just you know this is a character that i love so much and i think it's the reason why we are ultimately here 86 episodes in for this podcast it's yeah. because batman kind of started the whole thing out sam so here we are we are i mean i think we passed you know the two-year mark for the podcast it's it seems only fitting that the batman bring us all back together you know and uh, get to talk Absolutely. about this this awesome film uh, that we really, really enjoyed. And so Sam wrapping up the whole podcast, uh, where can people find you if they've been interested in what you have to say today, where can they find you? I'm, I'm still at, uh, on Instagram at this S Fratcham and then uh, my, my Facebook, I haven't really, uh, I keep meaning to expand out, but I just haven't quite made it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And as for me, you know, you can find me at my blog, nonukumhub.blogspot.com. And I'm at Letterbox, always updating the page. Noah Nukem is my handle. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Sam, thank you so much for joining me. This was a lot of fun getting to talk about this movie with you. I'm really glad we were able to have you back on. As always, if you have any questions for the show, moviemaniacs2020 at gmail.com, always. And then go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. And five stars on Spotify because I guess Spotify is doing star ratings now. So got to get that going. Star Five star ratings on Spotify. Come on, guys. Bring up the ratings. Let's go. And Sam, once again, thank you so much for joining me. It was a lot of fun getting to have you on. It was great. I appreciate it. Yes, it was, it was awesome. I'm so glad we were able to come back and do this. As always, thank you so much for listening. More reviews in the future. And uh, we will get to those soon. Uh, you never know what's up on the radar. I might be talking about some Dave Chappelle specials in the future. Who knows? Who knows what's coming up? Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. And this has been episode 86 of the Movie Main X podcast. And we've been talking about what I think is easily going to be one of the best films of 2022, The Batman. Sam, thank you for joining me.